Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a procrastination rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we bring Wendy Hart back onto the show to take a deeper dive into her cure for procrastination. By talking about some neuroscience discoveries over the past decade or so, we're going to see how our brain actually ticks, how it takes information in, and how it is geared the way it is. So how do you take that understanding and apply it to your habit of procrastination and get out of that rut and get things done, whether that's in your career, in your relationships, around the house, and so much more. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or doing the chores or some other thing. Uh, In that case, keep doing those things while you listen to us as we have a discussion with Wendy Hart about the cure to procrastination. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? awesome i've been laying on the floor stretching my back out and hamstrings and i feel awesome yeah and that's not a lie i actually <laughs> now that i think of it literally what i was doing. should have recorded you and put that on our facebook page <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun um now wendy is here with us calling in from san diego california how are you I'm fabulous. Thanks so much for inviting me, Jerry. Awesome. It's great to be here. This uh, so is one of those uh, interviews we should have done in person, on site, and just flown to San Diego. You know, oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been yeah. a little because we were starting out. It and and Wendy said it's 74 there. It's 93 here. We're definitely in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I don't know if you know this, Wendy, but uh, I'm from Monterey, California, originally. And ah, yeah, I didn't so know that. About 65, 70 degrees all year round, and. Yep. Um, I remember my wife not really grasping that. She's from here, Corpus Christi, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. a cool day is 93 degrees. Yeah. And Get down in the 80s at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky enough to be out there at that time. Yeah. And so we're watching a baseball game, and it's the San Francisco Giants playing whoever. And it's August. So August <laughs> in Corpus Christi is like 110 with a wind chill factor of 105. You know, wow. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hot. That's the way and, Chicago is. It's yeah. cold at night. And we're watching this game uh, of the Giants playing somebody. And my wife just yells out loud, no way. She never yells at the TV. So I thought, <laughs> I thought we were getting attacked. And I'm like, what, what? And she said, I can't believe these guys. And I'm looking at the TV and I'm like, I, I don't see what you're seeing. What is this? And she said, they're wearing turtlenecks in August. <laughs> we don't own turtlenecks. They get yeah. to wear them in August. And she storms out of the living room. I'm like, oh, oh, like she now gets it. This is the weather I grew up in. She's only heard about it. She's never experienced it. And I'm like, right. live that. that's my childhood right here. That That's how I lived. That's why I didn't have any shorts and T-shirts when you met me. <laughs> and, um, Funny. Yeah. Well, we didn't really yeah. bring Wendy on to talk about your we didn't. wardrobe, no. did we? I mean, no. That but, seems strange. Yeah, we got awkward, didn't we? <laughs> <All right. laughs> now, you may have heard uh, Wendy on a past episode when we did a uh, kind of a who's who roundup at Podcast Movement. Wendy was actually the end of that episode. She actually closed it out for us and – We just had to have her on for a longer episode because, I mean, she is sitting on the cure for procrastination. That is the rut she's helping people get out of. I mean, you probably heard me say that in the intro. 
but we, we got her on the show and we're having that deeper conversation now. So Wendy, thank you again for coming on here and uh, tell us how, how did you stumble on this cure for procrastination? You know, tell us about some of that neuroscience about, I guess, I guess further back, how commonplace is procrastination? Oh, procrastination <laughs> is just ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And I think most people have some secret shame about it because most people think, well, everybody else must be doing better than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's this feeling inside for lots and lots of folks that I ought to be doing better. This is some sort of character deficiency. And I'm here to say that it's almost everywhere. If you, when you think in, in your mind of people that you know that are successful, that do follow through, they're able to follow through in a particular context, but they're not, it doesn't mean that they're not procrastinating in some other area that you can't see, like having hard conversations with people that they care about. So, mm-hmm. so, so I'm doing your question, answering your question out of order. The end of it was like, how common is this? And it's yeah. everywhere. And I'm here to help people, you know, disabuse them of that shame and feeling bad. It's just not your fault. But backwards from there, like, how did this come about? It's a really weird story and kind of important. Um, I was raised in a very dramatic and colorful and not nice home. A couple of mentally Ill, ill parents and a lot of violence. Like we would belong on the Jerry Springer show or maybe mm. be too colorful for that. Right. It was off the hook. We might so, be related. And, <laughs> it's like, you don't want to get <laughs> turned down for Jerry. That That's bad. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. It was like way, way down there, right? True what? story. I have a cousin who was on the Maury Povich show. She's probably. Seriously? Yes. In wow. the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Wow. Good for her. So, <laughs> so anyway, it was very colorful. And when I met you, I think I said on my little card, you know, a match card, I just said, you know, by rights, if you looked at an actuarial table, I shouldn't even be here. Mm. I should be dead or addicted to something or at least with somebody that beats me or all that. And it's not true. And I'm thriving and I'm very blessed. But it was a long road, man. And I, I was hellbent. Thank goodness. I, when I was born with a kind of a drive to figure out if I ever grow up and I get out of this family, you know, if I make it out of here, I'm going to discover what allows people to thrive and be happy. And then I'm going to share it with everybody. Mm. And, and so I've been trying to do that. So anyway, it, the whole thing came from an effort to learn how to thrive because I would be home with panic attacks like a Vietnam vet. and I'd stay under the covers and I couldn't leave the house after dark for years. And it was colorful, right? But I was dogged while I worked all my like waitress jobs and almost homeless kind of jobs, five at a time. I was reading everything and I studied everything. So I studied neuroscience and brain chemistry and um, hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming and too many models to count. And what I discovered was that nothing, nothing worked whole cloth, like nothing. Oh, okay. However, lots of little pieces worked. Teeny little, this thing helped me function and that helped me get better. And I found out I had a pretty good talent for cherry picking. And so I cherry picked the little bits from everywhere and put them together in a new recipe. And that's how the procrastination cure came to be. And the funny thing is, well, there's a couple things. One, one is... It wasn't always the procrastination care. Like when I started, I was a singer and a dancer and I had terrifying stage fright. My degree was in dance and I was singing in bars and places, but I would be so paralyzed with a physiology that was attuned to 
um, terror, you know, nervous system was attuned that way. And so it was hard to function. So once I got to where I was kind of healed from that, I coached 300 singers on stage fright, like same brain science worked for that. And then I thought, well, yeah, but we're all dirt poor. Like this isn't really working right singers. So who, who has some disposable income? And I, I coached golfers and I had somebody refer a golfer to me and I don't even swing a club. I had never, you know, I don't golf. But I had a guy break a 35-year record in the PGA wow. with five, five phone calls, same brain science. And he got the lowest <laughs> score in relation to par of any course pro since 1969 in the 2004 PGA. Um, and then so it, so it kept doing. I'd work with executives and I worked with a couple thousand home-based business women. Cause, and that's how we named it procrastination, right? Because people don't – when you don't have accountability and you're a solopreneur trying to make something happen and you don't have anybody to – um, get a report to, it can be really easy to put things off and then have all that shame. So anyway, it, uh, it all came together in this wacko recipe. And now it's been used by thousands of people all over the world on six continents. But I am a diametric opposite of Gary V or Tony Robbins, really good people. But what, what worked for me and has worked for my clients is the opposite of what most of us get taught because if you, it, it's just not using your brain and your nervous system well, and it causes people in their very best intentioned way to take their efforts to follow through. It's actually causing you, in my humble opinion, to shoot yourself in the foot. Right, makes that, it worse. That's a great kind of way to segue into one of the comments I, I saw was why what Gary V teaches won't work. Yeah. And so expand on that a little bit, the differences. And, and we're not necessarily saying you're right and he's wrong or one way or the other, but yeah. just providing a different perspective of something you know and has facts behind it that mm-hmm. proves it does work. How do you see yes. those two differently? Yes. And I should I should sidebar say I love Gary Vee and I love Tony Robbins. I just think many of the gurus, particularly in the productivity space, are well-intentioned, but I think not well-informed when it comes to brain science. So, so the best way to talk about this is what causes procrastination really is has to do with your um, brain and why we never got the operating system, right? So the, the 10 second primer is if you call up a picture of your brain and you think of, you know, we usually get a picture of a big gray squiggly thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not one brain, it's three brains stacked on top of each other. And it's how they're talking to each other that creates the mischief, right? So the bottom is your lizard brain, brain stem controls automatic, automatic functions. The middle one is the seat of your emotions and your limbic system. And the top brain, where we think of as our brain, our personality, where you balance your checkbook, reason and all that, that's a very late development, right, in, for homo sapiens, for humans, right, in our development. And we believe that that top brain runs the show, which is where, <laughs> where Gary V. And Tony Robbins come from and all the other people that are like mind over matter, discipline, focus, willpower. Those are actually all top brain functions. And if you happen to be in a great state, a great physiological and emotional state on those days, you can get more mileage out of that top brain approach. But if you're in a crappy state or you're scared or you're tired or or any or sick, right? Or any number of ways. The bottom two brains are constantly gauging for what's safe or not. And what 
Nobody tells you, first bit of neuroscience, nobody tells you the bottom two brains get all information first. Everything you see, hear, taste, touch, smell, uh, interact with, everything gets filtered through those bottom two brains first. Plus, there's an alarm, which we've heard of before, your amygdala. Nobody needs to get uptight or know how to spell that, but your amygdala is... (laughs) It'll be in the show notes. So. <laughs> yeah, in the show notes. It, it resides in that middle brain that translates everything into either pain or pleasure. Run to it or run away. That's mm. all that middle brain's got. And the bottom brain is primitive. It's only got four Fs. The scientists call that four S. Food, fight, flight, and fooling around. That's, it translates everything into one of those things. So those very primitive filters from the bottom two brains, plus the fact that your caveman brain hardwiring believes that everything unknown is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Everything unknown is dangerous. So when you're trying to do something new or you're trying to have willpower, you're doing whatever you're doing, what we don't realize is the bottom two brains are filtering everything. that has You have no control over that with your thinking brain. And when they decide something is dangerous, they hijack you. And they put your top brain in jail. Which is, and you can't think well, and the blood actually leaves your top brain. So this is why you can wake up in the morning and have a whole list. You're fresh, you get out of bed, you make a list of everything you want to accomplish for the day. And then as the day goes on, you're, you're like, why haven't I gotten that stuff done? And you feel draggy and you feel foggy headed. It's because your alarm has been tripped all day long and the blood has been leaving your brain and you're, you don't have access to how smart you are as smart as you were when you woke up in the morning, it's not like you got dim. It's just that it's a body function thing. And none of us ever received the operating system on how to make this whole thing work. So that is that sense? what Red Bull's for? <laughs> Give you wings. It gives you wings. Well, it does. It is. You know, it's going to add to your adrenaline. And, and that I know it's funny and you're, you're making a joke, but that is what that is a lot of why people mm-hmm. do that. They're trying. It's an attempt to chemically get clearer and find motivation. But what they don't know, it's nobody's fault. You're, the blood's left your brain. Here's a, here's a way to think about this. Did you ever go to um, some social situation? Actually, women get this even more because you're guys, you know what I mean? And men don't have the same sense of safety and non-safety with their physical person that women <laughs> yeah, do. That's but true. We like to yeah. jump off of things. Well, we also don't look <laughs> at like, strangers in the, you know, on the street like, eh, I better stay yeah. away from that guy. We're just like, I could take him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Whether so, we can or not. <laughs> no, that's good. I could take him. I like that. Um, but, but women know, and you can probably translate or map this over to some time that's been embarrassing, but a woman will know she's been out maybe to a company party or she's been in some social situation. She's dancing or she's whatever. She's on top of her game. You know, you're feeling really good. You're feeling really confident. And then some jerk comes up into your space and says something insulting or a put down. And you're, sh- <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Brandon, Brandon's pointing to Jerry. That's funny. <laughs> he and does so, that a lot. That's funny. So, so they say something rude and you're shocked because it's a big surprise. And you also feel, bad embarrassment or whatever now in that moment as listeners are listening to this think about when this has happened to you in that moment you kind of stand there with your jaw down and you you can't think of anything to say you know what i mean like your head goes blank right you're just horrible when it comes to comebacks yeah i've got none you got nothing right but but a couple hours later when you're lying in bed and you're relaxed and your top your bottom two brains 
perceived safety, all of a sudden it pops right in your head. You know exactly what you should have said to that son of a gun. That's a perfect example of cortical inhibition. So when you were surprised, the blood left your top brain. And in that moment, you lost your confidence. You couldn't think of anything to say. You probably felt like I'm such a loser. I can't think of anything to say. Mm -hmm. And later, when the system is perceived as safe, the blood comes back and all of a sudden you have access again to what you know. So we go through our lives like this a lot and we're not aware that it's just a body function. It has nothing to do with your character. You're not actually lazy. You know what I mean? People, people think that they ought to be able to harness this willpower all the time and it's just not actually accurate. How do, uh, speaking of like Red Bull and alcohol, how do Red Bull, caffeine, that kind of thing, or alcohol or other things kind of affect that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. Well, they do. They're, they're always, it's, since it's all biology, it's affecting your neurotransmitters. And it kind of depends on the person because everybody's got a different uh, reaction to these things. So for some people, that's a great question, Brandon. I'm not sure exactly what the physiological mechanism is. We know that something happens with alcohol and it messes, you know, gets rid of your inhibitions, right? right? So you feel safer. So there is some a bit of a preemptive uh, action that's happening to not kick your amygdala, your little alarm in as much. But, but you're also at the same time turning off a lot of your judgment centers yeah. in your yeah. neocortex, right? So, so there's a payout, there's a cost benefit there. Like maybe you get over your inhibitions, but you might do something that'll really embarrass you more later. Right. And then you're like, oh, holy cow, what did I do? So great question. I think that the, the Red Bull is just sort of um, going to amplify that caffeine yeah. kicks into your system with adrenaline and stuff. And for some people, that works. For other people, like me with the hyper attuned, I used to have all that anxiety. Like I couldn't, I, I didn't need any of those things that were a rush for other people. It just didn't work. We have an automatic light in this room, so if <laughs> we don't move you. much, it will come back. I was wondering. The so, screen went black there if, for a second. If we black okay. out, we're still here, and um, I'm shuffling <laughs> off to, to the go. side of um, – our. we built a fort for our audio, like acoustic <laughs> treatment here, and I'll have to send you a picture. Um, it's pretty funny. And That's cool. So it, the downside is it blocks us from the motion sensor, and every so often this, the lights just go off. We're and, still here. And – See, That's funny. We built the fort too well, and I have to like get out to the side to, yeah. <laughs> and, and the main reason I I was thinking in terms of uh, the caffeine versus you know some sort of alcohol or or marijuana or whatever it is, mm-hmm. sometimes that will cause you to react in a way that is inappropriate. Meaning, kind of with your example, somebody walks up and says, you know that that shirt looks terrible on you. 
in a normal state, you probably would just be shocked and maybe just walk away. Whereas after a couple of drinks, you might just really lay into me, even though that's a little bit over the top or inappropriate in your response to what I said. Well, you not know? me. I'm a sleepy drunk. So, yeah, I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? I'll Some see people in the get really brave and they're like, oh, I can fight the world, you know, after a couple right. of drinks. And it's like, that's not always true. Now, I, I do know behind caffeine, caffeine's a, a vasodilator. So the, the concept is right. uh, if I can, you know, of course, they didn't know this when they came up with caffeine, but if I can open up the blood vessels in my brain and get the blood flowing into there, maybe I can jumpstart it and it, it'll work for a little bit, yeah. but then you're, you're tricking a system that's ready to shut down and recharge and you're just kind of forcing it and forcing it and forcing it and eventually you just crash. So yeah. Yeah. that's why that's I don't right. drink it. I don't think, I don't like the taste. So not, <laughs> nobody wants me on uh-huh. caffeine anyway. But I know people that, like, I'll have unsweet tea once in a blue moon. I drink about 90% of what I drink is water anyway. But I'll drink some unsweet tea, and the caffeine just kind of gets me jittery rather than pumped up. I know some people feel that way. But that that reaction and knowing the differences between the levels of brain and how you do things is important because you may be trying to fix the wrong symptom, to get where you want to go. That's what I love about your concept of the procrastination cure. It's you're trying to fix something that may not be the problem. You're never going to get there. So you get That's defeated. Right. That's right. You know, you're reminding me, this might sound a little random, but it, boy, it fits in right here when you're talking about the Red Bull and drinking. Like, what is it that causes us to maybe over drink? Like we meet and tend to have one. Well, this is per- another perfect example of these caveman brain things. I just heard this uh, the other day from a doctor, I'd never heard this wonderful metaphor. And Jerry, I heard in another episode that you do ketogenic yes. eating, and I do too, have had great success with it. And a doctor completely explains our caveman brain uh, wiring again. Like we think, no matter how many times I say to people, oh, your caveman brain is running the show, this circuitry, they're like, yeah, 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 that doesn't make any sense. But this doctor said it so well. So he was explaining to people about carbohydrates versus other food. And he said, well, for all the time that we've been up walking on two legs, you know, like homo sapiens, right? There's a, a genetic piece or it's been built in over all those, you know, hundreds of thousands of years that um, there's a satiety mechanism that we don't have to think about or control oh, that yeah. makes us full. So like if you, let's say we're, we're thirsty right now and I put a case of water in front of you, you'd you'd have one or two bottles and you'd be done. You don't need to willpower or think about how much do I want. It's automatic and you're done. You can't drink anymore. Same if we gave you a steak and you were hungry, it's full of fat and you know we've been bred to eat this stuff. So you'd eat it till you were full and you couldn't eat another bite of steak. However, if somebody then came up and said, oh, you're not thirsty anymore. Here's a case of beer. You could drink that till you dropped. Like there's no turnoff mechanism because in our evolutionary process, it hasn't caught up that way. Same thing. If your belly was full of all that steak and you're like, I'm full, I can't eat anymore. And you waited 10 minutes and somebody came out with birthday cake and you liked birthday cake, you could keep shoveling that in on top of the steak with no mechanism. That's very akin to how much our programming takes over or not. And so for humans, we haven't got that in place yet. Those are all newer kinds of things that we would eat or drink right yeah. that kind of stuff isn't that wild that so is. it's wild. another yeah i've heard something a, similar wonderful from, i've yeah. heard something Go similar ahead. from a dr eric berg uh he talks about insulin resistance i don't know if that's the same doctor or not 
Um, no, it's a different, but okay. I love him. And he talks about it with insulin resistance. I mean, when you, you flood your bloodstream with enough glucose, um, you respond with insulin. But at some point, you hit like insulin resistance. And so now the sugar that's in your bloodstream is not going into the cells. And then the, the, the body and the brain is saying, well, wait a sec. Sugar's in the bloodstream, but it's not getting into the cells, or at least more insulin. And then the insulin's triggering the desire for more sugar. And then the, the more sugar is desi- it's triggering more insulin, and you get caught up in this cycle. And, and that's all happening automatically. And right. uh, you have to kind of catch it and say, wait a sec, I'm caught in this cycle. So, yeah. 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 So the point is to have people not feel ashamed or feel like they're a loser. This stuff is not your fault. And, and, when people get some information that we by rights should have gotten our eighth grade science class, it makes a whole <laughs> world of difference and you feel free. And, and that's why people can follow through. I tell people with my procrastination cure, you know, the deliverable sounds crazy, but they triple their follow through at least mm-hmm. in three months or less using a third or less of the effort that they used to use before guaranteed. And that sounds like nuts, but it actually works when you get the information about how to run your brain and body and not kick that alarm all the time. So how long did you uh, procrastinate coming up with this cure? Kill me, Smalls. Uh, uh, <laughs> a lot. I, had, I had to work it in somehow. Come on. No, it's good. I was, I, but that's why that happened. I was, this, this is born, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I was right. the most stuck individual you ever met. I mean, really, it, it wasn't exactly procrastination, but dread and inner resistance and anxiety would keep me from being able to do what I wanted to do. It was paralyzing. So, and I had all this drive on the one hand and desire and the other hand, I was just a mess. And, and so the, the gift in all that, you know, I didn't get to get my dream when I was a, a growing up, I was, I was just basically hell bent to heal so that I wouldn't age out of, singing and dancing. I wanted to go be a Broadway ingenue. You know what right. I mean? A triple threat on Broadway. Right. And so that was not in the cards. But then this coaching career occurred. I found out kind of by accident on my healing journey that, oh, I, I like this coaching thing. I should go study and get some letters after my name because this is the only thing that's as enriching almost as the singing was. So, you know, life has other plans <laughs> and we end up in a new direction. But I was profoundly miserably stuck and horrified about it. And that's, that's how come this was born. Yeah. I think there's people listening to that think, well, I I can see what you saw. I can see me being stuck. And, and some people are probably like, I, I, I don't identify with this at all. And that's okay. You're fine. Don't worry about that. Just move along. But the ones that are stuck probably have a sense of, I can see me not accomplishing things and maybe I'm feeding it with with caffeine or you know I'm I'm loading up in the morning and then bringing myself down at night in order to sleep and and this cycle will eventually wear you out physically if not just mentally and so noticing your own restriction that your body's putting on you knowing what's going on in your body I'm a huge proponent of that you know what you eat what you listen to see and and take in will affect every decision you make so doing it the right way in conjunction with all the systems as opposed to let's just caffeine it up to get the top part running and or bring it down to get it to shut down to go to sleep how do you deal with the overall whole body kind of solution 
a whole body solution. Well, I look at it as a holistic whole body solution because um, it kind of goes beyond procrastination because you're right. That's a little bit of a pejorative word that not everybody resonates with. But it, it this could equally be called the overwhelm cure, the uh, great uh, decreaser of anxiety. Right. This is and it, and I have not yet met anybody that doesn't resonate with some of that. So right. even if you're overly caffeinated, what that does is it, it might temporarily get more adrenaline in your system and give you some pick-me-up, but very quickly it turns into, for most people, a kind of a jittery state. Mm-hmm. They aren't necessarily able to tap into that intuitive wisdom. And what, what we find is that once someone gets the information about how to run their brain and nervous system in a way that works for them so that they're able to take actionable goals without combating all that resistance. So many systemic things get better. So self-esteem goes through the roof, confidence, agency, a sense of personal power, um, more easily able to tap into that internal wisdom to listen to those messages that are coming. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a spiritual girl like that are coming our way. We're able to hear them. We're not blocking them based on our wigged out physiology. <laughs> and, you know, you can have people like also in the self-help world, right? In the productivity space, people usually have solutions that I am against things <laughs> like affirmations, right? Fake it till you make it. Yep. Um, mm, yeah. At, and it's not like they're wrong in a, in a good context, it could work, but it's, it's a top brain approach that's skipping the rest. So I tell people, for example, affirmations are like, think of your least favorite food. I don't know, Brandon, what's your least favorite? Lima food? beans. Lima beans. Really? Okay. You got, li- you got lime. Jerry, what's your least favorite food? Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Kale. If you have one. Kale. Okay. All right. So imagine Brandon has lima beans. Imagine you're holding a plate of hot lima beans in your hand and you get a smell of that. Right. And you've got kale like, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now imagine somebody takes a big honking scoop of chocolate frosting and plops it on top of those beans and the kale. Didn't that make it worse? Yes. Yeah. Much worse, right? (laughs) I'm mine's mine's liver. I can't even be in a building where they're cooking liver, right? The smell like, no. And liver is bad, but chocolate frosting on liver is just way more disgusting. And that's a little like putting affirmations over the top of a physiology and a state that's already activated with that alarm and the stress chemicals and the cortisol. And you're trying to talk yourself into it, but your top brain's in jail. So, you know, nothing will work then, right? Affirmations. Now, if you're in a great state, if you're in a wonderful, resourceful state, mentally, emotionally, physiologically, and then you add affirmations, you can get some mileage. But to try and use affirmations to get you out of your state and into action, I think is counterintuitive and adds to this shame that people feel, well, it must be working for everybody and not me. Oh, actually, not so much. You know, it makes me think of the uh, because I used to be an army medic and the the regimen to treat battle fatigue isn't get up soldier and fight or, you know, there, there, you're a good soldier, get up and fight. <laughs> it's take the person off the battle line, put them on a cot, let them sit down or let them lay down. Uh, and then as soon as you can get them a meal, feed them. Yep. And like, that's the treatment for battle fatigue. Yeah. Get them off the battle line, feed them, let them sit down, let them take their helmet off. That's it. Well, Brilliant. And- I always describe it as it, you know, the caffeine and and 
even alcohol or really anything like that are all temporary uh, fixes, I guess, to some extent. They they do make changes. There there are yeah. things that, you know, you can take in a bunch of caffeine and, and move faster. You can take steroids and hit and lift more. But they're all temporary fixes to an, an immediate problem, not the long-term problem. So you either have to take more steroids or more uh, caffeine or whatever to keep it going. And, and I always kind of equate it to like your car. You're about to run out of gas, so you're going to drive it faster. Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's not going to stop it from running out of gas or even change how the engine's built. It's just going to get you out of gas faster. Mm-hmm. And same right. thing with steroids and stuff like that. You can, you can perform better here but you're going to get to the end faster, which, you yeah. know, we all know is death that we all go out the same way, but fixing that overall problem is so important. I, I love that affirmations analogy is just, you know, like if your leg was broke, you're like, but you're the best leg ever and you can still walk. <laughs> and it's not going to change the fact your legs. Right. Broke, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Oh man. You, you just remind me of a, another army story. This, I forgot the guy's name, but he was a platoon sergeant and I only worked one field exercise with him for three weeks and when I met him, I mean, first thing I noticed is he's wearing these like ranger sunglasses or ranger glasses, which I'm not going to get into. Just if you thought you were an awesome soldier and like all who, and then you wore these. <laughs> but to everybody else who didn't wear glasses, you were like the biggest dork in the field. <laughs> and I had a pair. So, there I mean, I'm going to talk. I, I can this say it. the biggest so, dork in the field. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I thought he was chewing tobacco while he's briefing his people, but he was very manic. You know, just the... the <sighs> The muscle movements were very jerky. The head movements were jerky. And I'm like, this guy is really hyper. You know, is is it the chewing tobacco that does it for him? And they said, oh, that's not chewing tobacco. That's the instant coffee out of the MRE packets. He collects them from everybody. And that's what he lives off of for the wow. next two to three weeks. And I'm like, how does he do that? And they're like, I don't know. But in about two weeks, because this is day one, he's going to crash. And we just leave him in the aid station for three days while he sleeps and gets IVs. I'm like, that's not true. And sure enough, two weeks later, he, there's we finally have a patient in the aid station. I'm like, who's this guy? That's Sergeant So-and-so. I'm like, really? He looks so different. Like, he's thin. And like, yeah, he hasn't had anything but instant coffee for two weeks. And he hasn't slept in two weeks. He just crashed. So the body shut down until he got all the nutrients and everything he needed. When he woke up, he was not the same manic person I knew two weeks prior and, you know, three days. He was very calm and soothing and just completely different guy. And I'm like, so this is the real Sergeant so-and-so? They said, yeah. I'm like, he's less scary and intense. We should, <laughs> he should be the guy that comes to the field, not the crazy, you know, guy anyway so sorry <laughs> no it's it's interesting that you say that i'm i'm thinking about all the range of people that i've worked with uh-huh. and while some people will go do stuff like red bull or stuff to get adrenalized what i find is the way biggest pattern is avoidance and distraction yeah right, right. because most of us again feel we have stuff we know we need to do we feel terrible about it we're putting it off and there's two things at play there uh well, one is it's it creates endorphins, right, to do other things like even looking at your phone. They say we look at our phones more than 100 times a day. Yeah. And we're doing that because it creates dopamine and comfort. And then those that goes to the pleasure center of your brain. So we're doing that. But it's an avoidance mechanism to not feel the pain of, oh, crap, I have to do mm-hmm. that thing and I can't make myself. So that's one piece. Yeah. The second piece is a giant thing that very few people talk about. But most people, many people, right, that have big goals, 
have a sense inside of feeling of certainty that someday, one day I'm going to do that. So we can come up with, we can tell them statistically, the vast, vast, vast majority of people who have big goals don't actually achieve them and get to the end of their life with regrets. That's according to social scientists. Mm, yeah. And pe people will hear something like that and go, oh, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me because I'm just sure. Right. I have this <laughs> feeling on the inside. There's a feeling of rightness. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but it's not even that. It's just a, it's a chemical feeling of yes and certainty and surety. Right. And sadly, that is another brain adaptation that doesn't have any bearing in reality. So that feeling that you get that you're just sure it's going to happen someday, which allows you to, I don't know, watch Netflix or play video games and put things off because you're sure it's going to happen later and you don't feel like doing it now. There's nothing real about right. that sense because it's, it's to keep us from being in a rubber room, right? It's a brain adaptation because the caveman brain doesn't like unknown stuff. So it's chemistry, but it doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't mean that you turn into a person that creates your dream. Now you do have, you know, you and I, all three of us know there's inner knowing right. and you can tap into your inner knowing and that's real and you can count on it, but you can't be in the physiological state of stress or avoidance and receive those messages from your inner knowing. So it's a whole different ballgame. I like that. One of the about. things you say on your website is you were hiding out from life. Yes. Not, not yeah. the world and not people, but from life. You weren't living your life. Oh, yeah. And I think that mentality kind of gets you there. It's like, well, I'm, I'm going to eventually do something great and everybody's going to know it. And I, I will be part of life at some point. But in essence, you're you're hiding out from your own life. Yeah. Yeah. They call that um, certainty bias, that thing that you think you're going to do it one way, yeah. but it it's, it's not real. And yeah, you're hiding out from your own life. And there's an enormous cost to that. <laughs> we don't we can't imagine being at the end of our life and having those big dreams not happen. There's a lot of despair. There's a lot of sadness. And I'm here, my bigger overarching goal, frankly, you know, I teach people how to get unstuck. And then later on, they come to me and I teach them how to undo these blocks, these unconscious blocks that keep them like that. But I'm interested in everybody getting their dream out of their head and actionable in the world, not to die with these fantasies in their head, right? right? So that's the bigger thing. And anything you can do to make that happen is great in my book. Absolutely, because you know? somebody out there has the cure for cancer. Somebody out there has yes. the solution to problem A or problem B. And you hiding out from your own life prevents that from ever happening. So you yes. have to get out there and actually live your life, which is really why we're here and, and this podcast is here, because we want people to go live your life because we need you in the world to, to solve whatever problem that is. And I just love that mission that you're on. If people want to get connected with you and find out about what you do and maybe dig a little deeper, what's the best way to do that? The best way to do that, thanks for asking, is to go to my main website, which is procrastination-that's a little hyphen in there, procrastination-cure.com. And actually, I have a special thing that we made for listeners of your podcast, because I just kind of wanted to do that, and I dig mm -hmm. you guys. So we, ha we made a special Beyond the Rut page there. So if you go to procrastination-cure.com forward slash rut, like Beyond the Rut. If you go there, there's a special page just for you, and we'll give you a free gift. Uh, so you'll not only get the first module for free, which is out of six modules, where I took people 
who were profoundly stuck. And then you hear the transformation, you hear them get every tool and then transform. And it's crazy because it works with your unconscious mind and it all seeps in, right? But you'll get the first module of that for free, plus an extra $100 bonus that we're just giving as a gift. It's maximizing momentum because there's three times of the year when it's easier to move forward. And if people don't know about those times, uh, you can miss them. So it's a way to maximize the ride the train. It's like going to the airport. You know, they have those walking sidewalks, the people mover thing. Well, there's three times of the year where people unconsciously have more hope. Mm -hmm. And if you know ahead of time and you plan for those, you can get a lot more mileage and not have so much friction. So uh, procrastination-cure.com forward slash R-U-T, rut. That's great. Wow. Thank you for that. That is super generous. And if you're listening to this and going, yeah, but I don't think I can, or whatever your brain's telling you right now, just go check it out. See if it it works for you, and if it doesn't, then move on. Yeah. But if it does, then let us know and and let Wendy know. Let let us know how that worked for you, and maybe we'll have them on and and we'll tell your story in some way. Great. Now, if somebody doesn't have like say a computer or something, and they just want to come by your house, what's your home address? <laughs> yeah, private. We don't put that on the internet. <laughs> one That's of these days, cute. somebody's going to answer that question. <laughs> one of these they days, somebody's going to. Can actually look up your address and put it on there, Brandon. Somebody said that earlier. I know your home address and just start shouting at what? Cut that that out. But hey, true story. Your phone number is really in one of our episodes. You got to go listen to all our episodes (laughs) to find my real phone number. Or you can just call us at the website. That goes to my phone too. That's true. Thank you so much for joining us, Wendy, and uh, sharing your story and, and the research that you've done. And I just can't wait to see how it changes people's lives. Thank you so much. Brandon and Jerry, you guys rock. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here today. Thanks so much. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 208. There you'll find links to Wendy's website. And this episode will be there as well if you want to hear it again and again and again. And there is that special gift that she gave you, our listeners, to check out and that link will be in the show notes as well so that's at beyondtherut.com slash 208 we're so glad you joined us this week and the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend a family member a co-worker or that neighbor across the street that's right go meet your neighbors and share this episode with them somehow in a non-creepy way that's all we've got this week so until next time go live life beyond the rut take care You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.